Welcome to Sales Cultures Redefined, where we transform people with purpose, income, and a better life. Here's your host, CEO of Sales Managed Solutions, Lance Cooper. When my grandson John was eight, I attended his basketball game, and all of us wanted him to work hard and to do his best during the game. We wanted him to add this character trait early in life, and we knew participation in sports could help. So my son and I, his mom and his grandmother, all encouraged him to do well, and not to be passive, but active in his pursuit of the ball and his part on the team. What a great first game to attend. John did do his best, and he was so good on the defensive side of the game that the kids on the other team did not get very far before he was harassing their progress and taking the ball from them. Suddenly, his coach stopped the game and told John to back off from his defensive aggressiveness and let the other kids dribble the ball and get a shot off. He was, in essence, told to be lazy with his abilities so the other kids could perform. What kind of coaching was this? The message, be less than you are and let others not as skilled do well without earning their rewards. My bride had to drag me away from the court because I wanted to say a few words to his coach. You see, without explanation, he told my grandson to ease up. In the 1960s, as the baby boomers' me generation entered mainstream America and the greatest generation with their sacrificial, heroic spirit began to leave the scene, they brought with them a new cry. If it feels good, do it. Then in the 70s, researchers at Princeton focused on self-esteem as a regulator for achievement. From generational change and popular-backed research, I didn't say extremely scientific, self-esteem began to enter our elementary schools and our colleges. The churches and families and young people were given special treatment, earned or not. Men and women started families after World War II wanting to give their children an easier life. They wanted to remove them from pain or sacrifice. Give kids participation trophies and treat them special. And you probably could understand why that happened. Think about it. World War II was pretty tough. Some parents lost three children. They experienced horrifying things on the field in the war and saw things they never wanted to see again. And emotionally, they were wrecked. And they really didn't want their kids to feel bad at all. In 1972, a famous experiment was conducted by Walter Mischel, a Stanford professor on delayed gratification. During the experiment, a marshmallow was placed in front of three to five-year-olds, one child at a time, and they were told that if they did not eat the marshmallow, they would receive another one. They were then left alone for 15 minutes and observed. Here's what the follow-up studies found years later. The children with greater self-confidence, uh, patience, had higher SAT scores and grades on achievement testing. They were significantly more competent and had a healthier body mass index. Then in 1978, Dr. Scott Peck wrote the book Road Less Traveled, and his first words were, life is difficult. And he went on to say that to the degree that people understand this, to the same degree, they are psychologically healthy. Then these people would find the tools for self-discipline and for delaying their self-gratification to meet the realistic demands and discipline of living well in a very tough world. 
Those who did not administer tools like delayed gratification went into debt, treated others poorly, and in effect did not love themselves, but instead subjected themselves to the fallout of bad financial decisions, poor study habits, bad relationships, addictions, and even incarceration. Self-control appeared to be as or more important than self-esteem. Now let's look at willpower. There's an interesting truth in Roy Baumeister's book, Willpower, Discovering, Rediscovering the Greatest Human Strength. U.S. 8th grade math students had exceptionally high confidence in their own abilities. But on tests, they scored far below Koreans, Japanese, and other students with less self-esteem and a higher capacity for solving harder problems that required more willpower to get to solutions. In the 1980s, a few researchers started getting interested in self-regulation, the term that psychologists use for self-control or willpower. This is what the children in the marshmallow experiment had. It was the trait that helped them delay self-gratification in the present for a greater reward in the future. According to Baumeister, of many traits studied, self-control turned out to be the only trait that predicted a college student's grade point average better than chance. Self-control also proved to be a better predictor of college grades than the student's IQ or SAT score. Although raw intelligence was obviously an advantage, the studies showed that self-control was more important because it helped the students show up more reliably for classes, start their homework earlier, and spend more time working and less time watching TV. Managers scoring high in self-control were rated more favorably by their subordinates as well as by their peers. More research has shown people with good self-control seemed exceptionally good at forming and maintaining secure, satisfying attachments to other people. They were shown to be better at empathizing with others and considering things from other people's perspectives. They were more stable emotionally and less prone to anxiety, depression, paranoia, psychotism, obsessive-compulsive behavior, eating disorders, drinking problems, and other maladies. They got angry less often, and when they did get angry, they were less likely to get aggressive, either verbally or physically. People with poor self-control were also likelier to hit their partners and to commit a variety of other crimes. We've come full circle back to what? The Victorian character traits with self-esteem being debunked and self-control being highly researched and shown to provide good rewards in life. Now, that's the truth. And willpower can be improved. It can be improved by anyone, including you. It's not dependent on IQ. It's not dependent on skills or native ability. It actually turns out to be a habit. Many authors and researchers and theologians believe that the power of choice or willpower is a keystone habit, which is a habit that has a domino effect on the other parts of our lives. Some call willpower grit, others self-discipline or self-control or in the application or in application in life, in other words, perseverance, to choose to stay the course no matter the temptation to quit. Willpower, I will, 
can be developed if exercised and if conviction, I have to, exists. For anyone to develop their willpower, they have to want to change existing habits or to develop new ones. They have to believe that life will be better if they change. They have to believe they have to change. They have to have ambition. Now, I want you to remember these important fundamentals of sales leaders. Always be coaching and with your people. Train them. Trust them, but verify that they're doing what has been trained. Ask questions to help each person make their goal mean more than the pain they will have to endure to obtain it. Watch for signs of inconsistency and make your response immediate. Remind them and push them, but always remember to teach them why you're pushing them, what it is about the standards that will help them and other people, what it is about the different habits or actions or activities will lead them to results, lead them to a higher income. Be kind, but direct, authentic, and self-revealing. Let them know that you struggled, where, and how you've gotten through and what it's meant on the other side. Tell them what you see in them, what you believe about them, and be specific. Realize that the hard stuff of life will stop them at times, and and it does you. And encourage them back to performance level, reminding them what it's all about. Recruit honest people with a hard work ethic conscientious or competitive, people who will take responsibility for their lives and who are coachable. You know, willpower is the ability to delay gratification, to resist short-term temptations in order to meet long-term goals that lead to noble aims, the capacity to override an unwanted thought or a feeling or an impulse. And that's why coaches and mentors are so important. Now go and teach people how to control themselves on appointments and in the work, the consistent prospecting work to secure those appointments in making sales, having a higher income, and in the after-sale work that builds loyal customers, repeat business, and referrals. Teach them with your own example and with a future vision, a longer view of the benefits of hard work perseverance, and service to others. The benefits that pay off will be big with results and better relationships at work and at home in the things that matter, the things worth the sacrifice. You have just listened to Sales Cultures Redefined. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and we'll see you at the next episode.